0: Smithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with podcast number 55. Jeff Lesson with us on the podcast, Lesson on Golf, WWJ, The Ticket, Host, Updates. He does everything, uh, it seems like, in the world when it comes to the media. And he joins me on uh, the podcast here. Jeff, thanks for your time. How are you?
1: Well, well, great, Dennis, and I just want to say for the record, I'm very honored at least to make the top 100 of your podcast, number 55. Yeah, baby. Well, That's you know,
0: cool. we were going to do it after some different golf events, and then, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it's taken a while here, but this one seemed like with the, you know, the PGA, the, the first major of the year. Usually the PGA is the last one, but they moved it up, and then the pandemic, yeah. and now it's, you know, the first one. But, you know, I, I've watched more golf, you know, non-majors, than I ever have, and, you know, now waiting around for the majors, you know, I just went through four days uh, of watching this out in San Francisco, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a fabulous event, uh, the PGA Championship.
1: Yeah, what, what was cool, as I thought, is very rarely do they play a major championship in a public course, and this is a course that you or I, anyone can walk out and pay a green fee and play there. It wasn't the a private club. And with that, you had different conditions. The green speeds were noticeably slower than you normally see in a PGA tour event. A lot of it has to do with the public course. And a lot of it has to do with in San Francisco. They're dealing with the fog off the ocean and all that stuff. And what was really interesting is the bunkers. You saw Dustin Johnson hitting bunker shots. Like you never saw him hit. He couldn't stop the ball. And the announcers kept saying, well, there's almost no sand in the bunkers." I'm like, no sand in the bunkers? I mean, the, the U.S., uh, the P J of America only had all year to prepare for this and, and there's no sand in the bunkers. I just don't get that, but it yeah. was interesting. It was a lot of theater.
0: Yeah. I didn't get that either. They were talking an awful lot about the sand. That's for sure. But it, you know, right. it didn't, uh, it, it looked like if they had green to play with that, uh, you know, just like, like normally you'd be all right. But yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't stop it. I couldn't tell. I didn't see anybody go down there actually and, you know, scooping it out and talk about actually how much sand was in there, but they, they were talking about it. And to your point, you normally, you know, when, when you just see like the masters or any other major, you're usually looking in the background, and it just, it just looks pristine everywhere. And on this particular course, you are in the back, and you know, you can see some like fences that you would see anywhere, you know, like uh, double fences yeah. in the background or, or cars driving around or right. maybe the the odd cart. So yeah, that that made it unique as well.
1: Yeah, it was, but it was interesting. So, Kalamarokawa. He becomes the what fourth golfer of all time to win the PGA Championship by age 23. Pretty good company. The other three, Jack Nicholas, Rory McElroy, and Tiger Woods. Now, it helped him, obviously, that he, he played his college golf at Cal right around there. So he was very familiar with that golf course. And essentially, when you're playing a, a public course venue, which a lot of these guys probably didn't have much experience with, You know, and that helped him out. And kudos to him. Boy, did he make some big shots down the stretch when he had to. That chip-in he made and then that drive where he set himself up for Eagle. I mean, a 23-year-old kid making those shots down the stretch on the back nine on Sunday for a major championship on the PGA Tour, that just doesn't happen very often.
0: No, first time playing in the PGA. I think just the second time playing in a major uh, youngest Uh player to break 65 in a final round. in a major event. And you know, it, yeah. you always do look to those uh you know the the the, the, the picturesque shot or the or, or the or the one and that was on sixteen when he when he drove the par it got within seven feet there. I mean yep. the, you know that's the yep. one. When you see that that's the one that you know they'll play forever, you know, wherever his uh you know wherever his uh it ends up taking him.
1: Yeah, but you see that that's the one that'll get all the attention. But if remember two holes earlier he was one shot back and was just thinking about trying to get up and down to save par. And then he chipped in. That vaulted him into the lead by one, and that changed everything. And then, yeah, that drive a couple holes later to set up the eagle and the short par four. That was tough as nails, too. So kudos to the kid, right? Come on, yeah, well, 23 yeah. years old, getting it done.
0: Well, for sure. And you're right to go back to that, Chip. That wasn't, uh, that That really, you know, when you look at the leaderboard and you got to the back nine there, I mean, heading in, uh, you know, to the day, it, to me, if you are asking and I was breaking it down, I would have thought, you know, this is going to be a, you know, Dustin Johnson and this is going to be Brooks Kepka who ended up, you know, birdying on 18 and just had that look afterwards. I thought it was going to be these two guys going in, but, you know, and some of the other guys behind him, like, you know, Jason Day and uh-huh. and, and Tony Finau and uh, and Deschambeau, who won the Rocket Mortgage Classic, you know, those are two guys that haven't won a major. I thought maybe that they would fit into the mix there, and and then, you know, our, our guy, speaking of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, uh, I, I didn't know much about uh, Matthew Wolf. Uh, since when? But he was the what round three leader in Detroit, yeah. and uh, you know I, I, I like him. I, I liked him. He, he's uh, I, I liked him when I watched him in Detroit. I liked him today after watching him there. And so if I, you
1: remember the very first exhibition during the pandemic. He was one of the guys along with Ricky Fowler uh, and DJ, and I'm forgetting the fourth, but uh, was it Rory? He might have been, but but he was in there. He was the only guy before, us and there really wasn't well known. But, boy, he can just hit the heck out of the ball It's as long as anyone out there and tour. Yeah, he yipped a few short putts, but he missed about two or three, four-footers down the stretch, and that just spells a spell the difference, especially in these majors. So we'll have to learn.
0: Well, yeah, you know, you can watch you know, golf all day long and, and, and all week long. And, you know, you mentioned Rory and then his playing partner for the first two days, you know, Tiger there. Both of those guys, I mean, you could easily – Go to probably ten putts between those guys. Maybe all of them they're not gonna yeah. make, but you know, half of them. And you know, you're you're talking a lot different. And real makeable ones, though. There's at least eight yeah. there for Tiger. You know, I was counting them just like everybody right. else. Like and you know, Rory was the same way.
1: And you know what's interesting? Tiger's swing is really good these days. Uh good balance. Uh, better you can argue than when he was winning a lot more. But what tends to go, what people don't realize. When you get older, with today's new equipment, you don't lose as much distance, right? The guys in the Champions Tour, they still hit it pretty far. Some hit it well over 300 like the guys in the regular tour. But the biggest difference, the short game goes. The putting goes as you get older. Tiger Woods putting is nowhere near what it used to be. And if it was, he'd have been in the mix because he was hitting the ball just about as well as anyone was for the first two or three days, especially. But, boy, did he have some awful, awful putting rounds. And Rory, you know, Rory McIlroy, no one gets less out of the amount of talent he has than anyone in the tour. I mean, he and DJ. DJ should have more than one one major with all the talent he has, but he hasn't closed it. And what I don't like about Rory, whenever it seems to go south a bit, he really seems to quit. And he really seems to mentally give up and kind of mail it in. And and you know when Tiger Woods struggles, you know like he did struggle, but he made the cut. He never quits. Rory, I think, mentally quits, and it's really a shame to see a guy with all of his talent.
0: Yeah, you know he's an interesting guy. Like for a while there, it looked like he was going to take everything over. Now it's been a while, and it seems like when he comes stateside. Uh, he uh he does play so much off the crowd man when he's playing over in the open or playing yeah. every, you know you, you just like they love him and revere him so much and you could tell it it lifts him and I think over here not that he you know gets turned off by uh, I think they like him in America too but I, you know I see what you're saying yeah. it, it's like that he plays he plays he's one of the, the
1: popular crowd. guys now there was some drama there this week uh, Rory was involved Brooks kempke after yesterday's round in his press conference with the media was asked about his chances because so I feel real good about my chances. He goes, hey, the guy in front only won one major Who's <laughs> was a good buddy of his DJ. And uh, Rory took exception to that and came to DJ's defense. And before and before today's round, he said, well, you know, uh, DJ's won 21 times. Uh, that's three times as much as Brooks has. So, you know, maybe... And Brooks uh, really put laid an egg out there today. And uh, maybe Karma got around to him because... Out of all the guys at the top of the leaderboard, he might have been the last one you expected to, to shoot a 74. But all the other guys near the top pretty much played well, except for kepka
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, had that those string of bogeys there. I, I'll just tell you, going into uh, today and, you know, looking at the, the top of the leaderboard, I would have never come up myself with uh, with Morikawa. But, man, you got – what was there? Uh, was there seven, eight guys at one point? we all 10 under. You're looking at this and you're going to the Yeah, back yeah. Like, this you is saw what you want.
1: Well, I was thinking, all right, for sure, with these seven guys tied in the middle of back nine, it's bound to be a playoff and, and it'd be a three-hole playoff. And, and uh, with all those guys, you wonder if they could even get it in. I'm thinking maybe we're watching golf on Monday. But then came those two shots, the chip-in and the drive, which will go down in PGA Championship history. You know, I, I would say to show you how many people expected this guy to win today, I would say more people expected the Tigers to start the year eight and five than for Marikawa to win today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might be right. We'll have to get to them in a moment. You know, talking about uh, you know talking about the Tigers. I was going to say one other thing. Oh, it was about the uh, it was about the playoff that you mentioned. Like so, yeah, they would have played three holes, but at at one point they said that they would have had them all playing the same right. hole at the Together. same time. Like so, right. Even if there was five six guys, that would have all. Yeah,
1: tidy. right. Because how else are you going to know how the competition is doing? And so that's part of the playoffs. So that that would have been interesting because you'd never see these guys go off in more than three at a time, and even that's kind of rare. So it would have been fun. But oh well, we saw some great golf. You know, normally Dennis, as you know, you know the the tournament started a major championships on the back nine on Sunday, and normally the one who chokes the least wins. Today it was good to see the one that played the best one. It wasn't everyone else imploding and one guy just hanging on there. We saw a lot of great golf today at a major championship on the back nine. That's not what you always see, and so that was cool to see. As opposed to people losing it, some guy actually went out there and won, and it. It just happened to be a 23 year old kid.
0: Yeah, we've got Jeff Lesson uh, with us here on uh, Podcast 55 as we talk about the PGA and, you know, some of the other things that that I noticed here when uh, yesterday. I I love the ball tracker and the shot tracer, and and I was wondering if you could get one of those, like – you know, some kind of app or something, or I was even thinking myself, maybe I'd get a camera and go out there and, and, you know, follow, follow, follow people your around. Shots, follow well,
1: your shots in the middle of the lake. Right. So you, well, know where they are, the you, you wouldn't <laughs> want to, would
0: you wouldn't <laughs> want to see my tracer. I mean, it'd be all over the place, but you know, people would like that. But i I've, after I was just looking through Twitter, it, it seems that there are some people that go through and do have that.
1: Really? Uh, that's uh. It's it's a company that provides that, but uh, uh, I think it's it's a great asset to the broadcast. No question about it. Kind of reminds me of when they had that in the in the NHL a few years ago, which I don't think lasted very long or worked very well. But it definitely works better in golf. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I, I thought the I thought the ESPN crew did pretty good. Uh, you know, watching a lot of them. I, I was Scott Van Pelt. I mean, I, good. Yeah, that guy was excellent. He really was. Yeah, he just, he just sat back and, you know, let the, let the tournament, you know, come to him. He wasn't over the top or anything. It was, you know, he did a nice job. And you know who else did a nice job, Jeff? I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Lefty, you know, he comes in after yesterday. Yeah, well, and you knew he
1: would. Well, you know, you I don't.
0: I've I've listened to him interviewed. I, I'm surprised. Like, I don't know. Maybe I've seen him, you know, before on you know sitting in. Like, you know, a lot of times that happens. You've seen it over the years with guys. They'll go in and, well, and join the crew. Unlike,
1: but, right? Unlike Tiger, Bill Mickelson is not this not afraid to say anything that's on his mind. So, and he likes to talk what I did notice is he had the lots of the broadcasts, obviously with his insight kind of reminded me of a Tony Romo, uh, doing color for an NFL football game, really adding that much to it. But it seemed like some of the other broadcasters were kind of like, I'm not so sure they appreciated Phil doing all that talking." they both, uh, Ian Baker Finch, uh, it seemed like he might've felt a little territorial there because, uh, I, I kind of noticed a jab or two towards Phil's way, but, uh, Maybe it was just me looking out for that kind of thing. But it was interesting, and I think we will see more of Phil Mickelson in that role in the very near future,
0: you know, and I thought the same thing. I thought it, it seemed Romo esque. He sat down and he said, uh, "You know, the Nance is well. Well, thanks. You know, it's great to have you, in Phil." He's like, "Well, you know, I do three things really well: play golf and talk golf." And then he just left it out there. And Phil like, "Whoa, what's the other one?" You know. And Phil just had this, uh, you know, this smile on his face. So I was like, "All right," <laughs> you know, and right. you know, right. so it, it did feel like that. It felt like he was coming in. He knows he's fifty years old, and. Uh, that he's gunning for Feldo's. That's what it felt like. Like, give him Feldo's job. Like, let's go. Like, whenever that's going to be, whenever he hangs him up, it did. Feel I wish like they that. would
1: have asked him. I wish they would have asked if we bet on for this. Because he likes. The, he likes to bet a, a dollar or two on sports
0: yeah well you know what i bet he would have had some answers <laughs> i bet that. Well, i know that that's what they were probably afraid of he
1: would have answered it
0: <laughs> you know i played Ooh. a i had a fan duel going into the, the the final round what what you what you find out like i like picking them you know, before the tournament, like, so everybody can just take their shot. Then you just hope the guys, it comes down to the final couple of guys. If you can make the cut, of course, you, you know, get some guys, of course the winner, you're going to end up winning. But when you head into the final round, it's not necessarily those guys up at the top. It, it's finding a, a wolf or it's, you know, it's finding some of these other guys that just come out and shoot well today. And, you know, that's what it's about. But, you know, hey, going into a final round, uh, uh, how to pick a fan. Tool, like. I've,
1: never, I've never gotten into the fantasy golf stuff. What I like to do and well, actually, what I tried to do today is, you know, the, the sports books are open in downtown Detroit now and uh, they, they offer matchups and uh, I didn't get down there in time. They have these kiosks now where you barely have to go inside to get them, to get your betting down. I like to bet the matchups, uh, you know, and, and I'm fortunate that I, I was interested in betting Justin Rose against Jason Day, and Jason Day beat him by one. So the fact I didn't get that bet and save me some money.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's not like I'm throwing a whole lot on it, but it it does it it makes it more interesting when you're watching it. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned the Tigers, Jeff. So you know, here they are today. They go out and they they win again. the The two previous games were were, were wild. You know, thinking about. Uh, heading into extra innings on Friday, but you know now they are officially what eight and five. They yeah, win two I mean, to one. Get,
1: and if they could play the Pittsburgh Pirates every day, they might win the whole thing uh, because they might be the worst team in baseball. But come on, Spencer Turnbull. I mean, who knew with this guy? All of a sudden, he's a stud frontline starter, granted mostly against you know teams like the Royals and and uh, and the Pirates. But you know we'll see in this picture. Uh, Soto all of a sudden is is now the the second coming of Joel Zemaya from 2006. Uh, You know, and maybe, you know, hey, you could say it's only 13 games, and it is, but guess what? You only played 60 games this year, and who knows if you're going to play that much? I mean, what's going to happen with the St. Louis Cardinals? I mean, who knows if they're going to play again? I mean, I'm hearing uh, this week they're going to be sitting down again, and and there's no way they're going to get 60 games in. Uh, Pretty soon, Major League Baseball is going to have to say, okay, uh, you have to play this many games to qualify for the postseason or something. Maybe. I mean, it's just getting strange.
0: Well, the Tigers are supposed to play them this week after they play the White Sox. Uh-huh. They're supposed to uh-huh. fit two of those games in there. Yeah, you know, for me, like 8-5, and five, I'm, not, I'm not starting to talk about, you know, wild card or anything else. I know it's a short season and all that, but it's what you talked about. It's just finding some guys. You know, Turnbull, you listen to Dan Dickerson. I know Dan you know we'll talk about a lot of the sure. guys and sometimes it, it sounds like uh you know maybe he's talking him up a little bit too much but he really did talk about turnbull and his stuff and and what he liked mm-hmm. about him and it's about finding a guy like that and and soto you know the tigers had him as a starter when they were bringing him up last year right. and you know he would be pretty good for an inning or two or or maybe even three and then he would blow up and when you watched him i mean the guy was throwing 100 miles an hour it was like this guy would be a pretty good setup guy or, or, or maybe a closer. And yeah, look, honestly,
1: he looks like a closer. I mean, uh, if he keeps going like he is, I mean, who knows? He's got all of a sudden that late life in the fastball he didn't have before, but he's got better stuff than him and He just does. I mean, we'll see what happens because, uh, but this guy, you know, could be a diamond in the rough. We'll see. But yeah, you know, I give a credit to Avila. The guys he's picked up for once are working out. Crone, Go, you know Soto. I mean, uh, you know, again, thirteen games. They're not going to go crazy, especially in the year of the pandemic. But who had the Tigers eight and five after thirteen games? Please, please raise your hand. I don't see a lot.
0: Yeah, I didn't, and I was just hoping that they could stay relevant. And yeah, I, I thought their ceiling that. would have been five hundred. And I still think that. But, you know, I'm not – it's not like I'm just waiting for, like, the, the bottom to fall out or something. I, it's it's nice. Like, I'm looking forward to the games that they're going to play against the White Sox. And if they can find yeah. some different guys. And, you know, Turnbull, uh, you know, looks like he could be – you know, I don't envision him being a, you know, a frontline starter for the Tigers. But could they – you know, could he be one of those guys, uh, you know, back end of the rotation guy that when you're thinking about trying to win the Central in a year or two? Yeah, yeah, he could. Could and, be.
1: Yeah, so those you know, are. And why are they not bringing up any young arms? When they're seeing guys like uh, Michael Fomer struggle, Matthew Boyd, uh, obviously struggling. I mean, you're not going to get into the service year situation anymore the way I understand with guys like Casey Mize. I just don't understand. What to lose by bringing him up now, but well, I haven't.
0: I keep think I thought that they would have brought him up last Sunday, but then it looked like the whole season was hanging on by a thread and they were like, well, right. maybe we could slow play him for another year, a whole other year. But I, I do think that they'll, they'll bring him up if it looks like, you know, they're going to get through some games here and, and that they'll actually play these, uh, these games, which it looks like. So yeah. But, I don't yeah, but,
1: it, but it's different though, Dennis, in other years, because in other years, he would actually get in game competition in the minor league. Guess what? There is no minor league this year. They can do all the infra squad games they want, but it's not the same as actual game competition. And it's almost like if they don't call him up, uh, he's not getting the competition that he needs, you would think, at this young age, just to stay sharp.
0: Yeah, throwing into a net down at Toledo is not really getting it done. <laughs> not time, quite the you know? same. It's not, it's not. And you know what? There would be a heck of a lot more... People saying exactly what you are. If this team was five and eight, not eight, you know, eight and five. So they bought exactly. themselves some time, and you know, it's time. It's time to go ahead. Uh, you know, hopefully we will see. We will see him. That's what I I'm just don't see
1: the, I just don't see the. downside. I really don't at this point.
0: I don't either. Unless he, you know, comes up and then they, you know, cancel the whole season. But at this point. You know what? Come on, we've been talking about that you know the whole time, and yeah. you know they're still going. So you, you can't play it. You can't live it like that. That that can't be the consideration now. I understood well, last week, but now that you know they they they've they've seen the Cardinals and they've seen the Marlins, and it's like all right, you know, we're we're looks like we're going to play some more games here. Let's bring them up.
1: Speaking of the Marlins, uh, is Derek Jeter not the executive of the year or, or whoever his general manager is over there? I mean. Uh, are you kidding me? They lose more than half their team. When they go out and win five games, they find a bunch of guys off the street. The manager doesn't even know the name of half of them. And all of a sudden, they're with the hottest team in baseball. That's a pretty incredible story.
0: Well, that's the whole thing, and that's why a lot of people looked at the 60-game season and said, hey, wait huh. a second. You can have teams like the Marlins and the Tigers yeah. and the Padres. And, you know, it was only two years ago. The Tigers ended up losing 99 games. It wasn't last year. Last year, the season was over it was before it started. But I remember two years ago, you know, getting to mid June, and they were heading down to Cincinnati to play two games, and they could have gotten above five hundred, and you know they didn't. They ended up losing those games, and then it was a big tailspin. But the point was, is they got all the way, and this was yep. a, a, basically a, a hundred loss team, and you know they were they blew past the sixty you know game mark, so it could it could happen. It's it's not like oh this is the strangest thing ever to see some of these. You know, bad teams playing, you know, 500 or a little bit above 500, especially when they're playing bad teams. I mean, the Pirates are a really bad team.
1: Well, Dennis, the Tigers are 8-5, and five, as we've noted. But you know what that 47-win team, what their record was after 12 games last year? They were 8-4. and four. So, mm. you know, the only difference is they're playing a 60-game season this year. as <laughs> a point
0: 162. Well, well, that's not – nobody wants to hear that, but that's a very, good, right. it's a very good point. Very good point. Well, we better uh, we better enjoy Tiger. Uh, we better enjoy baseball while we can, yeah. because it looks like football. Uh, we're taping this on a Sunday night, but it, 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 if just course. looking at today, it wouldn't be a surprise if by you know Monday, you know they have uh, canceled the Big Ten season, or, or if all no. Power Five have just shut their doors and talked about spring. Maybe they'll wait till midweek. I think they should wait and like. Part of it, Jeff. I want them just like uh, let's wait two weeks. Let's wait a month, even if it's inevitable. It was the same reason like they they put out the schedule. It's still fun, but you know right. they got to have them out there practicing. So you know maybe they will just pull the plug. You know by Wednesday, but and, I, I hope. Not.
1: I've, been, I've said this from the beginning, and I think you probably agree with me. Is obviously everyone would love to see college football and the NFL. I think we'll probably still see the NFL, but. How can you justify to these amateur athletes that are not getting paid, except, you know, in places where they do it under the table, but how can you say, all right, it's not safe for you to go in the classroom, but it's safe to play football? Uh, In what world are we going to buy that argument? And that's basically what they're saying if they don't cancel these seasons.
0: And it's ridiculous. Well, it, it was always the liability to that point And with you get 40,000 students then showing up and they can only go to labs and yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good look there. It, it was probably never going to happen. It's like, um, you know, they needed to have a lot better trends than they're having right now. But that was my thing. And, and like, I don't know how the trends are going to be with the coronavirus over the next week right. or two. Like I've been talking about wait two weeks for four months you know and here we are it doesn't look very good but yep. why not wait no. another why not wait another month that's why i didn't i didn't i didn't see the rush for the big 10 like oh we're going to start practicing on friday why right. because we're going to be in this situation <laughs> this weekend why not why yep. not wait another month even if it is delaying the inevitable why were they all like okay here's the schedule but you know here's the warning it's probably not going to happen hey we're going to practice and it's like i don't understand that you guys don't have a very good chance of uh, of playing here Right now, nobody's playing on September fifth. You why don't you try to back this thing up? It was the same thing they put those you know, the big ten. They didn't have the on yeah. conference and then they, they came out and said, Oh, well they're gonna play Purdue and Minnesota right out of the game. It's like that doesn't make any sense, but you know they did it and you know, I don't know, man. Now, those, I agree. Those None guys of big... <laughs> those guys get paid a lot more money than we do and sit around and that's what they came up with last week. Man yeah, exactly Yeah, that was crazy. Right. Well uh yeah, it, by by the time this comes out uh, on Monday, although I'll have it on tonight, uh, people listening to say, "Yeah, yeah, you guys were right." You know, that's. But they might they might have a stay of execution until Wednesday or something. That's could be Monday. Yeah, it could. If you really think that
1: spring thing? The spring thing could never work in a Power Five conference. You want to know why. First of all, forget about it. even you know you can have only what maybe two or three months between seasons, but the top players, none of them are going to want to play. They have the NFL draft. They're not going to risk injury right then and there with the NFL draft maybe going on during the season or before the season. I mean, that's just not going to happen. You're going to lose the best talent. And would it be better than nothing? Yeah, but wouldn't it screw up the 2021 season as well?
0: Yes. Yes, that's yeah. the that's the biggest part. You know what? I think they might play. Uh, you know, maybe scrimmage. Maybe Michigan and Eastern will scrimmage. Maybe Michigan State and Central will. That might be about it in the spring. I hate to say yeah. that. but That's not what I want. You know, I want a Fair. college football season, but I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. I
1: don't. Yeah, it's that.
0: Well, all right, Jeff. Hey, it was uh, it was great to have you on the podcast, man. It's
1: uh... Uh, an honor and a pleasure, my friend. Anytime.
0: Yep, and, and how's lesson on golf? It's still like I mean golf, even during the pandemic, it's been able to it's been yeah, able to stay there. Doesn't seem like it's it's more it's as popular as it's ever been. Well, think about it. What can
1: you do with any discretionary money you have left over? People that are, are still still have money out there. You can't go to concerts, you can't go to tiger games, you can't go to movies. One thing you can do and you can do it safely, is golf. So yeah, the golf industry has probably benefited the one silver lining. Uh, that I've seen, at least in my business, from this awful 2020 year.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it, it has. And, you know, they they put on a great event this uh, this weekend, the PGA. I did. You know, the PGA is always there at the end, yeah, and almost forgotten. But uh, I, I bet the ratings, well, I saw some of the ratings already. It was through the w- roof and that, you, right? you have the names and you have the, the Whole thing to yourself, like they did on Sunday. I would imagine that, uh, I don't know, record breaking ra- uh, ratings would be in store, uh, for the PGA. Maybe
1: Sunday night, too. It's prime time, so
0: Could yeah, be. and West Coast, so all those factors there.
1: Oh, good point!
0: That's gonna good happen point. just like your ratings, Jeff. They'll be number one,
1: yeah. Your lips are <laughs> God's, there, <ears>, my friend.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for uh, making it a great podcast, and and hopefully, this will be my most listened to podcast here. We're yeah, having you as a all guest. Right. Number 55, that's me. (laughs) That's what I'm shooting for. Hey, all the best. Uh, Take care, and you know maybe we'll see you one day. All right, sounds good. All right, take care, Jeff. You too. Bye-bye. There he is, Jeff Lesson, here on the podcast. It's great to have him on. Talking golf, Tigers. Football there as well. And it is podcast 55. 55. Coming up this week, I'll talk to a former Spartan. And then I'm going to have a musician, a rapper coming up on Thursday. It'll be fun. So, a former Spartan, up and coming rapper. That's what's on the schedule right now. going to be fun. All right. Hope everybody had a great weekend. And uh, here we go into August. Woo! 10th through the 14th. Coming up. NBA playoffs. Some NHL. Got that stuff going on as well. Take care. Talk to you soon. Dennis Fithian. Good afternoon.